From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, the pain is starting to set in and winter is coming. That's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, September 22nd, 2022. The Fed raises rates 75 basis points to combat high inflation, sending the markets down, 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 the crypto markets as well. I mean, to be perfectly honest, a lot of people are saying the same thing. The rates, the Fed rates have been so low for the past 10 years that basically just printing money, putting liquidity straight into these markets, and maybe we've just been living in a in like a fantasy reality of what the markets should be doing and how they should be performing over the past 10 years. If you look at historical records of the Fed rates, I mean, they were historically way, way, way higher. Even with these bumps recently in rates, they still are low in comparison. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt nonetheless. It also makes me wonder, is Bitcoin an anomaly? The price of Bitcoin an anomaly? Because remember, it was the housing crisis. It was 2008 and Bitcoin came out 2009 and basically rates have been dropping or have been always low. The Fed rates I'm talking about has been always low for the whole time Bitcoin has been around, which gave companies and people and, 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 and institutions more discretionary liquidity to pump or capital to pump into different assets. Once the rates go higher and we actually start you know, taking liquidity out of these markets, are we actually going to see the real price of Bitcoin? And is that real price of Bitcoin actually a lot lower a lot, lot lower than we've been seeing over the past 10 years. Now, it's just a theory. It's just a thought um, because, well, we just don't know. We have never had high rates with Bitcoin. So, hmm, let's see what happens. CZ Zhao, however, is very bullish. CZ Zhao thinks that the Bitcoin bear market is good for crypto. He said a four-year crypto market cycle is normal and that a bear market is healthier in the long term than a seamlessly never-ending upward trend. Price corrections, he says, are actually good, adding that investors shouldn't look at token prices as a sign of how crypto market is doing. Actually, we should be looking at how many people are engaged in the crypto market, engaged in crypto. The market is not yet even close to being saturated, he says. CZ is also very optimistic about regulation. My personal opinion is that the bottom is not even close to being in. I think that we're not going to see the bottom until either fourth quarter, late fourth quarter this year or either first or second quarter next year. I still think we're going to see three more quarters of seeing the market go down before we actually start to see it kind of reverse. And I think the reversal won't even look like a reversal for a whole year. It'll look like that it's starting to even out, and then we'll start to see upward trending markets again. Also, thoughts of the market is that you are not going to turn off the money printer. So even though we're seeing higher rates now to control inflation, we are going to see those rates go down as soon as they see inflation start to even out. If we see a 7%, a 6%, 5% inflation rate, I think that you're going to see the reversal of these interest rates almost immediately because markets love 
the cheap money. They love to have capital moving around in it. And I think we're going to get right back to that as soon as possible. And I think that there's going to be a new kind of norm of what inflation means. I don't think that this average 2% inflation is going to be what everybody's going to be looking at. I think that they're going to be very, very happy with a 3 to 4%, maybe even 4.5% year over year. And so I think that that's going to be the new norm. Again, you guys can record this and you know call me on it later on in a year or two and say, Matt, you were absolutely wrong. I guess only time will tell. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 8.54 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. I know the time that I record this show is like all over the place lately. I apologize. I apologize. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,940, pretty much even from yesterday. Ethereum is at $1,310, down 3.3% in 24, or 18% in 7. Tether's number 3, USDC is number 4, and Binance is at 270 pretty much even from yesterday, or up just a tad, but it's still down 2% in 7. Bounding off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. The total market cap is pretty much even from yesterday. It's at $933.8 billion. A BTC dominance of 39.5 and an F dominance of 17.2, according to CoinMarketCap. Moving into our headlines today. Somebody wrote me yesterday about the Solana Foundations released in their latest report of a third party's independent assessment that tracks the carbon footprint of Solana's blockchain. And they gave me some highlights. And I thought this was very interesting. Usually I don't read these emails. I get probably about a dozen to 18 emails a day from different companies and people in the crypto space either want to be on the show or giving me some kind of weird, uh, you know, release about some obscure product or project that nobody heard about. But this one I actually took some notice to. Anyway, some highlights from the third party's independent assessment that tracks Solana's carbon footprint. The assessment of the overall carbon footprint of the network is 3,412 tons of CO2 per year, and it's up 26% from 2,707 tons from March of 2022. However, the estimated power of consumption per validator node fell 48% from 984 watts to 509 watts per validator node. And a very interesting fact here, running the entire Solana network for an hour uses less energy than a single Bitcoin transaction. Speaking of Solana, Helium will migrate its Layer 1 blockchain to Solana's blockchain. The Helium Foundation announced the move after the community voted 7,447 times in support for this move. And this move was the Helium Improvement Proposal, or HIP70. And they had 81.4% support for this move. Now, I know you're wondering, what is Helium? Well, Helium is a blockchain-based network that powers wireless communication protocols powered by thousands of individual users, and it currently has more than 950,000 nodes or hotspots with operators being incentivized with tokens. Basically, it's a decentralized wireless communication network. Moving Helium to Solana will allow the project to realize an ambitious mission of deploying and managing wireless networks at scale. Legislation is very interesting. I guess I have to think that because I'm running for Congress. But the European Union's landmark and now finalized Markets in Crypto Assets draft legislation asserts that NFTs sold as components of a large collection poses little or no distinctly unique qualities or utility and therefore would be subject 
to the same regulatory scrutiny as cryptocurrencies. Now, what the hell does that mean? We'll get into it. Give me a second. According to University of Kentucky law professor Brian Fire, the legislation's language amounts that the EU labeling major blue chip NFT collections like Board Ape Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, and Doodles, among others, as securities. This sounds like the Europe is saying that it thinks securities regulators should be looking into profile picture projects as securities for regulatory purposes. So what they're actually saying, Fire said, is that when you sell a 10,000 NFT collection, you're really selling shares in the project as a whole. In other words, each NFT is functionally just a fungible share in the value of the entire project. So essentially, the interpretation of this law asserts that in the eyes of the EU, each Bored Ape NFT holder does not own a unique piece of art, but instead a share in the collective value of the Bored Ape brand and the collection's owner, Yuga Labs. Therefore, it's like a company issuing shares. That's a very interesting way to look at it. What do you think? Matthew Arnett Crypto What is your legal interpretation of a Bored Ape Yacht Club piece of art in terms and how it relates to the bigger brand? The co-founder and CEO of Kraken, Jesse Power, has stepped down according to Kraken. The new CEO is the exchange's chief operating officer, Dave Ripley. Jesse Powell said, As Kraken grew larger, running the company became more of a drain and less fun. Jesse Powell, he's now looking forward to spending more time on the company's products, user experience, and advocating for the broader crypto industry. And this is probably fueled by the Tornado Cash. He's had a lot of things to say about Tornado Cash and some of the legislations that are coming down in different countries, the EU, the United States, and he wants to advocate for the industry. Arbitrum builder Offchain Labs earlier this week awarded a hacker who operates under the pseudonym 0x Riptide with a bounty of 400F worth around a half a million dollars. And why did they give this person over a half a million dollars in bounty? Well, this person, 0x Riptide, discovered a bug with the latest upgrade of Arbitrum in Ethereum scaling network, and this bug could have led to a theft of over $530 million. I mean, that would have been massive, a massive hack. And this person found it, fixed it, told them about it, and fixed it for a half a million dollars. Meanwhile, this person probably had enough skill to just make off with half a billion dollars, or if not, just cipher off maybe a couple million. This, this, this is good people right here. I'm going to have to say this is good people. Somebody who's building for the greater good. I still think if you're going to save that much money, you probably should have got a little bit more than a half a million dollars. But hey, you know what? It's still a good payday. And finally, the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, or ASIC, increased the size of its crypto team. The ASIC is now weighing whether to classify Ethereum as a financial product. Should ASIC decide to bring proof-of-stake tokens like Ethereum, Cardano, and Solana under its supervision, crypto exchanges could be forced to either delist them or start complying with more stringent regulatory requirements. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Beamer. I'll be back tomorrow with our Week in Review. And please, write in. Let us know what you are thinking about the crypto space, about the downturn, about the Fed, anything that's happening in your home country. Um, please, write in. Matthew, M-A-T-T-H-E-W, Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at decrypt.co. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.